right, welcome everybody to the podcast. Today's a little different because we have three people on the podcast with me, um, and these are all independent trustees. So we've got Dan Felix, who's out of the Chicago area, right, Dan? You got it. Okay. Chicago, and Illinois. Chicago. Okay. Old time Chicago. Okay. And then Steve Markin, who's a little south of him in Colorado. And then Frank, who's south of him in Texas. So let's just go around and say who you are and where you're, which one you are. So as people are listening, they'll know who's talking when they do this. So Dan, we're going to start with you. Sure. Uh, and thanks very much, Rob, for having us. Uh, on this, uh, my name is Dan Felix. My uh, company is called the Professional Trustee. I have a staff of, uh, we just increased to six all told, and we're working. We have several niches in the trust area. Uh, we work with families who need trustees immediately, and we work with families who need trust as a successor. In, in that successor role. Uh, we also do uh, a lot of teaching. I've been hired by law firms. I just got an, assi an assignment to teach trust to for a year to a law firm. Uh, and I had a international study group, co-founded an international uh, group of independent trustees and uh, teach and mentor trustees through serving as the continuing legal education a chair for the Illinois Bar on on trust. I wear a lot of hats. I'll be <laughs> okay. trustee, successor trustee. Trust so we're going to protector. talk about the independent part of this. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, power of attorney, uh, executor, okay. fancy ones, trust protector, um, uh, designated representative, uh, etc. So that's a little bit about me okay. and uh, my operation. All right, then Steve, Colorado. I'm Steve, <laughs> I, I'm Steve Markin, uh, CEO of Trustee Services Group. We, um, I founded Trustee Services Group back in, really started back in 2009. Um, it started as a, a, an attempt to affiliate um, private professional trustees. It's now morphed into we're, we're a, an attorney-owned professional fiduciary company. So we're like a trust company with all the bad of the traditional trust company model completely stripped out of it. Um, and uh, we don't manage wealth, don't have that capacity, never have, never will. Uh, we exist to serve the advisors, to help them become those multi-generational wealth counselors. Our website is www.trusteeservicesgroup.com. We do two things. We settle estates in the capacity of either a successor trustee on a revocable living trust, a uh, personal representative or executor under a will, and we also serve as agent for financial affairs. We do that, we, uh, we settle the estate or serve in times of incapacity, whether or not it's gonna land in a trust or is, is in a trust, doesn't okay. matter. Uh, we also serve as a trustee on all types of irrevocable trusts. Uh, we call them legacy trusts of different flavors. Um, that are going to go down generationally. Islets, CRTs, CLTs, grats, grits, grats, grats, everything we do. Those initials, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's that's all we do every day. Okay. All right, Frank, I know at one point you were doing financial 
investing and stuff like that, but not anymore. Exactly. So you, you, yeah. oh, you understand the world anyway. <laughs> I do. I uh, became licensed in uh, financial services in 1998 and uh, basically proceeded to become a CFP 2001. And as uh, 2002 was a big year for me. It was uh, I was uh, invited by a money manager to go to something called Counseling the Affluent. <laughs> and that was a life changer. It's, um, I had no, no idea what to expect, but it sounded good. And uh, just the idea of what I learned there about the state of the art of estate planning was just, to me, it was uh, radical. And the upsetting part was nobody was doing anything about it. So that was the conviction that, uh, Rod, I don't think that was your normal thing where you want people to, you know, go independent, but it's an enhancement to their advisory career. And it certainly does that. Right. But I was so enthusiastic. I said, man, I want to do this full time. I want to help families. I want to have uh, basically an opportunity to help families in that my own family failed in the second generation of wealth transfer. So it resonated with me. Mm-hmm. So today my wife works with me. We work uh, basically, we do two things. We do family meetings, uh, family governance, and then we do, I'm an independent trustee, as is Maria. Uh, it's sort of the Jay Hughes version of trustee as mentor in that we have uh, basically found that uh, there are families out there that really would like to have help for their beneficiaries that uh, have found, you know, they're at much higher risk for various addictions and things. So we kind of uh, work with people that are struggling with either a mental illness, addiction, have that and their parents are wanting to give them a lot of money. So it's, uh, you know, it's kind of out there. And not too many people want to do this. So after 16 years of uh, being a CFP, I sold my practice. I had a um, RIA firm and uh, realized I was talking about soft issues the majority of the time. And I had somebody else do the money management. So I just took the bold step to become a full-time wealth consultant. And that turned into independent trustee from a case that I just described kind of the nature of. And found that it's really the same role, uh, helping families uh, deal with some of the unexpected uh, properties of wealth. So I, I give uh, here Jensen to credit. You got me started on this thing, and it's been an interesting journey ever since. Yeah, for those who don't know, Counseling the Affluent was the very first training that we did. And that day, back up until, it didn't change the name until after 2003 or four or something like that. So yeah, that, that goes way back. And Maria, so your wife is doing this too. Right. Uh, she's, we found that it works great for men to work with men and women to work with women. Yep. Uh, seriously, it does work better to have gender specific, uh, you know, mentors or trustees. And uh, so that's been uh, a good thing. It's, uh, she's been my uh, bookkeeper and accountant and partner. But our company is Frank Mullins and Associates. Uh, Maria's active. And then I count uh, a number of you collaborative partners. Yeah. Um, I sold my practice so that I actually could, one, work with an absolute uh, transparent business model without any conflicts of interest. So I sold all, I mean, I sold my practice, let all my licenses go. I kept my CFP. But uh, I want to be clear that an advisor can bring me a client uh, that needs some soft work which is mislabeled, but uh, (laughs) uh, allows for them to keep their assets and not worry about it. And 
the benefit to them is that they're going to probably get to connect with that second and third generation. So they have a good chance of retaining their assets when they transfer. Right, which is not the norm. So, and, right. and part of what we wanted to do here is just kind of let everybody know, both professionals and clients, what you guys are and what you can do. So what we'll do is and we'll throw these questions out and I'll have one of you guys start and then we'll, you know, everybody pitch in a little bit. <laughs> so, but that kind of is the first question. What do you do? What's an independent trustee and how's that like different from, you know, one of the big institutions? So Frank, you were last to go that. So why don't you go first on this? Uh, <clears throat> you know, what is it that, that, and I think each one of you do a little bit different than than the others so that that's a good thing so let's start with you frank <clears throat> okay on the independent trustee side i found that uh, it's just an opportunity to really mentor young people that have lots of money and so that was a natural for me and my wife and i both have been in a ministry called celebrate recovery where we served as mentors to hurting people and uh, so that was sort of a natural and i found that it really using a directed trust structure where you get best in class for administration, for money management, and uh, the distribution trustee really does get to have some power. So that was the model that we operated almost exclusively, so that we want the advisor, investment advisors to be brought in to do financial literacy and otherwise let them do what they're good at. And we do the messy part, which we do often have family meetings and uh, in addition to the um, individuals that are uh, trustees. Because as we know, it's a family dynamic issue. Right. And uh, good, uh, we have so many good professionals that help me with that too. But the other uh, scenario is that um, there are a lot of families that don't have family. Uh, I, I would bet some of you have run into that and they uh, attorneys will introduce me uh, because they literally, uh, family, either they're widowers or not, but they, they don't have any anybody to take care of their children. Right. So they're looking for a trustee that uh, can basically do all that. I often go with the full powers of attorney, sign of guardian, all the that scenario, because they don't have anybody to do those things. So that's been an interesting, and uh, it's a satisfying part of the work as well. And that's actually something that when I first started estate planning, I didn't realize until like my third client. I go, oh, wait, <laughs> you don't have the natural right. person to step in here. All right, Steve, what about you? Yeah, so we, um, we are national in our scope, so we can serve anywhere. Uh, we serve, if you look at our website, you'll see where we are, where we have these relationships. We're able to do that because we, we um, do believe we exist to facilitate that relationship between the financial advisor and his is the families uh, and to facilitate that multi-generationally. So even though we may be located in Colorado, and by the way, we do have an office in Wyoming for tax purposes, okay. um, that uh, with the wealth advisor as that center point, um, we can have that broad reach. Um, we, we also, what we do, because we don't manage wealth, um, we're able to focus on the complexities of multi-generational wealth. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're the only, um, call us a trust company in the country, that has a director of human capital resources. And um, what, what I've, um, in fact, Rod, I was, I was um, greatly influenced 
20 some years ago by Marty Chu and, right. and Cam um, and Cam Thornton. And Cam, and they brought me to Ryan Seaman, yeah. and that, that blew me away. And yeah. what it did is, is it, it showed that the, the issues with wealth and especially with inherited wealth and generational wealth are very complex and it has everything to do with the people. And those issues are fueled by the wealth and the amount of wealth. So it's a different, there's different issues that are there. So we have a, um, we have a, uh, a, a director whose job is twofold for our company. One is to give vision to what does success look like for the individual beneficiaries that we have that opportunity to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's the roadmap that we're going to help them collaboratively achieve. The second thing is that as they have these various challenges, whatever they may be, Frank has addressed one of them as substance abuse, mm-hmm. right? But as we all know, um, those challenges are multifaceted. And so mm-hmm. what we do uh, also is we have somebody that whose job it is is to find what are those third-party resources in the marketplace to bring in as needed. So then as a company, I believe we're able to address whatever issue these families may have or these individuals may have. We can bring in that best in class. And then we're also not, we're never limited to a one-size-fits-all solution. Uh, we believe that relationship is in, e- extremely important uh, for the family to work with those people that they relationally connect with mm-hmm. as we work together to to move that forward. So we uh, we're pretty unique in that regard. Um, all of those third party resources, by the way, we're also sure to uh, make sure that none of them will conflict with the professional advisory team that we've assembled. So there may be some people that call themselves, in fact, it may be even in this audience, legacy planners or something like that, right? But then they have that ability to deliver financial products and services. That would be a conflict to, um, to the team that we're serving. So it's good to know, but it, you know, probably not going to be appropriate to invite in. So um, that's what we do. The other comment I want to make, piggybacking off of what Frank said and, and what you were saying, Rod, is um, I, when we, especially when we got in the estate settlement area, I, I used to think, yeah, we'll be named because they don't have somebody. That is not my experience at all. It's blown me away. I'd say 95% of the people that are looking to use us, uh, name us in that area, it's because they themselves, the client, has lived through the estate settlement in their own family. And it's been the most destructive thing that's happened to them. Mm. And um, it's, it's very interesting. I would say everybody on this call, ask your clients if they, they understand that they've lived through that. And, and we have a, a pretty neat booklet that we've created for advisors to use. Um, it talks objectively, here's what you should consider in all those roles. The other magical thing about that is it asks on page four of our booklet um, uh, the question that financial advisors is awkward to ask, and then the attorneys are not asking. That question is, do you want your wealth advisor to be involved with the next generation? 
if there's going to be a legacy trust. Mm -hmm. And if there's going to be a legacy trust, the the our experience is they always want that. Yeah, yeah. They always want it. Why they're working with him in the first place? You know. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and I think that's you know, it's interesting because when I was doing estate planning and when I got into this, one of the first clients that I was working with. It was the scenario that, that both you guys are talking about. They don't have anybody else, right? And so this guy said, you know, well, my oldest son is going to be the trustee for the youngest son. So I said, what's your number one priority? Well, I want my family to be harmonious and stay together. How's that going to work yeah. <laughs> when your youngest son wants money and the oldest brother is saying no? And he was like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of that. But he was in that position then. He didn't know anybody like you guys. That he could go to. It's like, well, who do I get then? Because I don't want to go to the bank. Yeah. And, you know, we had a search to find. And we actually ended up with somebody who was a friend of his. Um, just that the that the rest of the kids all knew. But uh, it's, 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 a, it's a known issue. Yeah. Uh, I've had one season. I had not one, but not two, but three separated they weren't connected in any way except that they all came into my office at different times the younger sons crying crying grown strong men yeah. crying over the treatment that they got from the older brother uh, and the people like jim grubman and all that can tell you the whys and wherefores of it and you know we're just grateful that you know we can help prevent families and individuals from having go to go through that grinding, difficult experience. Right. I, I got a quick comment on that, right, Rob? I think that's a great uh, observation that I agree with. Um, and the family's hesitation, what I've experienced is that um, when you invite in a, a trustee, they're, they're thinking about, we're going to lose control, right? This is our family wealth, and who is this trustee? Right. And are they going to make things difficult? And unfortunately, the marketplace is littered with those stories. Um, and so the the ideal structure um, for the estate plan in that trust, which I recommend, is have an appropriate person, either the attorney or a family member, not the beneficiary because the beneficiaries may have problems, have them serve as a trust protector with the ability to hire and fire the trustee. That way, if their worst nightmare comes true, that the trustee is the problem, right. they're, they're not giving out the money when it should definitely be going out, right? Now you have an easy exit strategy. It's, nope, you're gone. Welcome in somebody else. No court costs, nothing like that. And I found that families really embrace that. So they are able to maintain practical control. But then also with that third party trustee, if there's some if there's an issue with the beneficiary, they're going off the rails um, and a bad cop is needed for their own good. It keeps that family member out of that out of the mix, yeah. spot because that's yeah. what's going to ruin the family. And then it puts the trustee in that spot. And. So let me jump in here because, you know, I have the advantage here. We're doing this as a Zoom, so I get to see everybody. And as he's saying that, I can see both Frank 
<laughs> and Dan going, shaking their head. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, I love working with uh, trust protectors. Uh, and yes, uh, we, we work very carefully different and, and, you know, jumping in to answer your question, Rod, uh, Ron, we view this whole engagement. Trust administration is a team sport. And there's a lot of um, things that follow from that. First of all, we're, we're the last ones usually on the team. So my job is to not mess up. And in fact, to get into alignment with what the investment advisor, the accountant, the other financial people, the wealth people, the insurance people, the legal people have done. And that takes some time and discussion and some uh, some sharing. Um, the other thing it, it gets to is what's winning? Mm -hmm. And winning, I, I once asked, a, a colleague at a to be remain nameless um, corporate trustee organization, and he told me, Dan, winning is not getting sued. And I thought that was a really low bar, uh, to say the least. Um, in fact, you know, our point of view is we really want to work to make the the trust a gift, a blessing for the family. I mean, that is the ultimate goal. And some of the, the corporate colleagues, some of them stereotypically, they hyper-focus on the technical, they hyper-focus on the risk management aspects. Now, unless you're technically dotting your I's, crossing your T's, that's a problem. We all have to take due consideration of risks. I'm willing to take calculated risks when the family and the advisors are aligned. And again, for the ultimate point of view is how has this enhanced the lives of the family? So we have some unique structures around that. Um, we work very closely with the investment advisor to not only create the investment policy statement, but we work with the beneficiary to create a distribution policy statement. And that saves a lot of time and trouble because the classic problems are right. Stereotypically, I want this and I want that. Oh no, yeah, next week I'm gonna call you because I want you know this car and, and that and the other. Right. And what we've had an enormous amount of success with is creating some alignment around what within the confines of the trust beneficiary you can have? Where do you want to take that? And certainly, with if it's within the confines of the trust, that's fine. And and is is we all know you can't spend the same dollar twice. Once we get set up, set up to pay for like all their education, great. And we work with the planner. Maybe does it make sense? And how does that? How does that work out? And then they come if they come back and say, well, we want to do this or that. Great. I can see why you want to do that. But let's go back to the distribution plan and see and, and bring in the wealth advisor uh, again. I only not only prefer to keep the wealth advisor on there and 
you know, I can't and don't serve in that capacity, but I need them because I need that family connection. I need that long-term connection. And many times in a trust where we're, we're at a fork in the road and I, I say, Hey, you know, I don't weigh in a lot, but we got to turn left on this one. And the family wants to turn right. That's where the wealth advisory team comes in and says, you know, I think Dan's right. And here's why. And it's not because he's one of Dan's guys. Uh-uh. He's been with the family. He has an independent relationship with them. And had a relationship is, with the parents who set this thing up in the first place, probably. Exactly. <clears throat> right. Which which is a which is a special gift and it carries a lot of gravitas. Right. Uh, because we we can channel that. So that's one of the unique things we do is the distribution policy statement. We also translate the trust into simple English. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, oh, it's, I get it. I mean, why is the diagram them so they can see the bubbles, but, right? I mean, I well, there's the bubbles is how it flows, right. you know, and many don't do that. So you were ahead right. of them. But then it's like, Dan, you know, yeah, there's this thing that happens when someone turns 30, you know, give us in English, what does that mean? Right. Or give us, you know, Dan, what happens for your successor or how does that trust protector work? Well, we want to know that, too. I mean, part of it is so we understand it. But, you know, if you're playing a game, back to the sports analogy, it's nice if everybody's playing by the same rules and knows mm. how it works and knows how decisions are made and how money passes and, and how we get paid and, right. and, and, and all those things. We have found clients are um, really appreciative for that and it makes a difference it brings back more work a lot of times because sometimes when the grantor sees that he says well that's not really what i wanted and we come back to <laughs> yeah, i've know. seen that I'm, I'm sure i will go back around with everybody but i'm sure we've all seen that where you look mm -hmm. at the trust and you say right. this is what it says and the grantor goes well, that's not what I expected, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Right. And and it's interesting. All three of you have talked about collaboration, not just with the financial, but but collaboration and how important that collaboration is. I mean, none of us can be experts at everything. <clears throat> so um, let's start back around again with Frank. Um, when you think about what what are some of the advantages for the professionals to bring you in? I mean, we know what the for the family is, but what's for the professionals to bring you in, <clears throat> and you know, one of the things that, that dawned on me when we were first talking about this is you've got some collaboration partners that maybe they don't know or know. Oh, of. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, so yeah, just we'll have each one of you answer that question. So what is it, you know, what's, what's in it for the professional to, to bring you guys in as opposed to someone else? Well, I think it's true of attorneys and financial advisors. I've had experiences where one attorney actually Get ready, Rod. He actually cared about his client. <laughs> <laughs> he saw that there was a train wreck coming with the inheritors, the sons. And so he basically introduced the client to me. And the client waited for a year till it got even really bad. And uh, that became a great engagement. And so there are conscientious attorneys out there, and I, I respect you as one. <laughs> um, but also for the financial advisors, uh, there's some, most everyone on this call knows something about this qualitative work. Most of the ones I know don't want to do it. Right. There's too much risk. 
And so uh, by being uh, an independent and not managing money, they can introduce me where they see that, man, this family is emotionally stuck. It's kind of like you be the canary <laughs> in the coal mine. And uh, if, you know, if I get shot, it will be me and not them. But often I'm able to you know, help allow some conversations to occur that need to happen. And then some real planning can take it, uh, occur. So it's advantageous in that regard. I work with a gentleman now, financial advisor, that he did a, basically as a quantitative family meeting with them and threw in a few questions of the qualitative nature. And we likened it to say, okay, he's pointing, we talked about the need, and then he's pointing to my office and saying, go talk to Frank. And uh, he's doing his service to the client. Um, saying, hey, there's some things that need to be resolved. It will help your family if you get them done now. And uh, so he's got the advantage without the risk. And so I think that's a real benefit. Well, and you can talk about things that compliance isn't going to let them talk about. I mean, you have, that's true. You, know, you, you can. Uh... Well, and the final benefit is often I had one client, a financial advisor, uh, introduced me to a pretty large client. He was like their uh, third string advisor. And uh, by putting me into the lion's den, so to speak, we actually got some movement and we set up some new trust, uh, basically a training trust. Okay. Yeah. Heritage Institute kind of deal. Uh, but it brought the relationship of the advisor in. He got to do financial literacy training with the you know, G2s. And he went to become the number one advisor for that client because he, through me, he kind of was able to help them get done what needed to be done in their family system. Right. And then it was like, hey, take it away. Right. So that was, I think, a big, uh, that's unique. Yeah, it is. So, Steve, what about you? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, when you think uh, the, of the um, other people working with you, what's, what's it for them? So the, again, our model is to support that. We, 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 you that financial advisor is kind of that center point so it's to support right. that relationship with that family um and we kind of come in in our role as trustee and the approach we take is almost like a emergency room physician we're, we're called in there we're working uh into very intimately uh with some of these beneficiaries um and then we or the advisor will see some issues and so what we do is we always go back to that, that wealth advisor and then together we figure out what, you know, what are some potential solutions. So we're very careful not to suggest a solution uh, without first involving the financial advisor in that decision making. We found that some advisors, especially those that have been through your training, Rob, are very well equipped to do some of this more intimate uh, kind of uh, work. Um, but as you know, too, this is intimate and it's, it takes some time. Yeah. So what we'll do there is we'll cue that up. If the advisor wants to do that, we'll cue that up. And then as trustee, we're holding the purse. And it is a very valid and legitimate reason, almost mm -hmm. always, to use those resources to pay for that type of more intimate work. So that's what we'll do. We'll facilitate that if the advisor wants to step in it. If the advisor is does not have that solution, uh, is not that solution, or they don't know of another solution that's there, then we'll bring in those others, and again, we'll talk about it with the advisor, and then see if we can, you know, uh, have that appropriate solution. Once we find it, then we 
Then what we do is we bring it to the client. I say, hey, this is this is what we see. This is how it's going to help you. What do you think? Uh, I think the client buy-in on it is really, really important. If you're going to demand that they do something and they're not in it for themselves, it ain't going to work. So that's our job to do that. And I think that's a big key there when you're talking about it's we. It's not one of you going to the kids and saying, you know, this is what I, this is what I think. This is yeah. what we think. Yeah. And that's a completely different comfort level if I'm one of the kids or whoever to know that this isn't just coming from one person. Yeah. This is coming from the team. So a couple more comments on that, too, is the what we what what value can be uh, had by the uh, financial advisor in this context. One is there are some sticky situations that exist with the beneficiaries. I am certain that when when we're involved, what we're trying to do when we're setting up those guardrails, when we're setting up those no's, it's mm-hmm. for the beneficiary's own good. Right. The beneficiary may not understand it. They may not like it, but we all understand that. And we found all the time that the family, extended family, the financial advisor, we're all on that same page, but we're taking the hit. Right. So the nice thing is, is that the financial advisor, which we very much like, can continue to be in that relationship. They continue to have that voice when the beneficiary may have said, I'm not talking to the trustee anymore. We want them to be talking to somebody. Uh, behind the scenes, the team is always working together. We're rowing the same way and we're trying to figure out, all right, how can we get this this individual on track. The final thing I would say is that whenever we have a new beneficiary, oftentimes it is, especially if it's from an estate, this is the biggest, this is the biggest uh, wealth event in their, their life. Right? So now they've got a lot and their life has changed. But what people forget is the trust is only one piece of their f- full financial pie. And so oftentimes these uh, these beneficiaries may not have a wealth advisor for the other pieces of their pie. So what our model is, is that we, we spend a lot of time getting the beneficiary to understand the purpose of the trust for their benefit. We want them to be a wise steward themselves of their financial resources. And then two, we then go with the professional advisor, the financial advisor. We discover what's going on in your life. And then from that, what's the trust designed to do overlaid with what's going on in their life? Now the financial advisor can, can construct an appropriate investment policy for the trust, the investment of the trust assets. But then secondly, that question, what's going on in their life? The other, uh, and we ask them, create a budget for us, a financial plan. That is raising that opportunity for that wealth advisor, not just to manage the trust assets, but to now get a more intimate relationship with that client on the other piece of their financial pie in their life. So it, it works very, very well for the beneficiaries as well as the um, financial advisor. And I, that's similar. I think, Frank, when you were mentioning about bringing the financial advisor in to teach financial literacy, so it puts them in a position of being you know, the expert. Yeah, it puts them in the eye of the authority. Right. Yeah, with third party credibility because you're bringing them in. It's not them right. in there as the salesperson. It's yeah. 
Right. So Dan, same thing, same for you. As you think about the people that, that you work with, especially the advisors that you work with and, and other professionals that bring you in, you know, what's the advantage for them to have an independent like you? It's, it's top of mind because, again, winning is often around um, assets under management and relationship. Hopefully, you know, Mm-hmm. Sometimes in one order and sometimes the other order. And, and there's there's great alignment uh, uh, on that. And there are infinite possibilities. Yesterday, I'm on the phone with a young beneficiary who's looking at housing. And she's striking out. Uh, she's at the end of, of school and all. And we started talking about who she's going to get to help her to think about this. And from our work, she now mentioned, oh, the advisors will call them, right. you know, Chuck and Mary. <clears throat> and and that's, that's a success moment for us. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been developing that and, and cultivating that for a long time. Uh, it's really uh, ultimately essential. It's, it's so important to us. We have this on our website. We have part of the, um, our decision-making process is we'll reach out to the advisor first. You know, we don't just, yeah, the trust gives a lot of, it gives absolute authority. And there's some who say, okay, well, I'm the trustee. Right. And, okay, here he, here he. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And, and yeah, the, the, the power is really to, the opportunity power, if you will, is to leverage that in that win-win way so everybody gets there. So we're consulting up front with the, uh, with the advisory team about this. We're talking about, about it again with the beneficiaries to come back in we want there to be uh uh alignment uh on the whole thing and and the the advisors appreciate it because they know how necessary it's not just because we prefer it right you know it's because we need it and the family needs it ultimately the family is much better off for this consultative uh approach to handling it, it takes more time. Um, you know, it's much quicker to say, "Yep, here's the way." What I'm doing? Bump, yeah. bump, bump. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Talk to you in a month. Yeah. Yo, see ya. Goodbye. And you know, that's that's great. We've enjoyed some remarkable success. We get a lot of trusts that are need a trustee like right now, and and many of them are in the spectrum of crisis. All the way to the different parts of the family have lawyered up, lawyered up, yeah, and and are ready to go in. And through this approach, we've been able to pull them back from the brink. Now they may not have Thanksgiving again together. <laughs> you know, there may have been too many lines for that, but they're not going to dissipate the wealth. What what our experience in dealing with all these 
uh, trust in crisis is that we've seen a million ways how families can dissipate assets. And we've been able to flip that around in our processes and procedures, like with the distribution policy, with the trust guide that translates it into simple English so that we're all on the same page. We have techniques and processes that have just been proven over time to help preserve the wealth and enhance the family. Right. And that's and that's one of the things I was talking to one guy and I said, okay, do you get paid the same whether the family's in, in turmoil or or they're happy? And he goes, yeah. And I go, so would you rather work with families that are in turmoil or families that are happy? I mean, oh, come on, <laughs> that's a pretty easy decision well, at that point. <laughs> I'm with you, and I have to admit, a lot of our work, especially when the when the family is in crisis, is is hourly. So we make more money when <laughs> when. It is in crisis, and you know what? To a T, in my staff and me, we would, because yep. who wants, is to your point, who wants to work with a disgruntled family? Who wants to keep bringing right. them in uh, off the cliff? And especially if there's a path there. I once had a great-grandchild tell me, why did great-grandfather write such a lousy trust? And it was painfully obvious to me and my team that this the, the crises were not because the document was bad, not because the investment was wrong at all, but because the team in place to launch this trust post-grantor um, was not should we put it nicely or be blunt they, they weren't they they really didn't know how to do it right. and they might have dotted their technical eyes but the relationship the connections the enhancement the getting everybody on the same page i mean so yeah it has to do both yeah all right so we're up on time here what i want to do at the end here is have each one of you we'll start with you dan and then steve and then frank Give again, like your, how they can get a hold of your email address or website or whatever. Just what's your website and what's your email address and, and go from there. So, so Dan, for you. Dan Felix at the Professional Trustee. To give you more typing finger practice, it's hyphenated. T-H-E hyphen. Professional hyphen trustee dot com. There's a lot of information on the website, uh, articles and other uh, blog posts and some of my book information is in there too. Cool. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Steve. Yeah, my um, my personal contact information is Steve M at trusteeservicesgroup.com. Our website is trusteeservicesgroup.com, and our phone number is seven one nine three five eight eight four seven eight. Cool. Frank. <laughs> Frank at preparearyourheirs.com. Uh, phone number is 512-517-4451. And October 1st, we're launching a new website. It'll be frankmullinsandassociates.com. Oh, is there, that's coming out October 1st? Yes. I knew close. it was coming. I just <laughs> Okay, cool. All right. Yes. That's very that. exciting. Yeah. It is. Let right, me well, add my phone number too, to, yeah. uh, I guess, 847 444 Five one Dan Felix, the professional trustee. 
Cool. Thanks, Ryan. All right. So thank you all. And um, hopefully people got some good good information out of here. Because like I said, starting this, there's a lot of professionals and there's a lot of families don't even know you guys exist. That's uh, true. So, so it's just a challenge. Yeah. And, or, you know, is that legal? You know, because you're not a lawyer. <laughs> right. Trust me. That's... My kids are in that group, but that's a different, that's <laughs> yeah. a different problem. So, all right. Thank you very much. And, thank you, everyone. All right. Thank, thank you. you Rod. Thanks, guys. My okay. pleasure. Bye-bye. Great to learn with you guys. Bye-bye.